Welcome to the Connected Leadership Podcast. I'm Daryl Black, author of the 1-100 Leadership Solution, How to Be the Leader You Would Want. I'm a leadership coach, facilitator, dad to an amazing son, and all-around nice guy. At least I think so. I think we're as connected a society as we've ever been, yet we're more disconnected than ever. I want to change that. My purpose and passion is to help you learn to connect so you can be a better leader, a better parent, a better partner. This episode is part of my weekly 10-minute Tuesday series where I present a particular topic that will help you to connect with others and then lead. Connected leadership, it matters. Remember to subscribe and thanks for listening. Okay, let's do this. Hi, this is Daryl Black, helping you be the leader that you would want. Today's topic is very, very important, and it involves the concept of self-awareness. So I'd encourage you to share, comment, uh, like the page, uh, because I'll be continuing to do more and more videos. What is self-awareness? We've probably heard about it before now, and we've probably surmised what it means, but there's a couple of real kind of generic uh, definitions for it, or one generic and one a little bit more specific. That is one's ability to be introspective uh, and the ability to recognize yourself as being separate from something else. So I'm separate from my team, I'm separate from my circumstances, I'm kind of a a standalone entity kind of thing. Um, That is the generic definition, but a gentleman by the name of Daniel Goldman, so that's G-O-L-E-M-A-N, he is a contributing author here. If you Google Goldman and self-awareness, you'll get an awful lot of information. So that's how you spell it right there. I don't know if that'll show up okay, but anyways, his definition is really, really good. It's knowing one's emotions, strengths, weaknesses, drives, values, and goals, and their impact on others. Very, very important point there. Absolutely. So why is self-awareness so important? Why does it matter to leaders and leadership? Well, If we don't have the ability to uh, look at how we interact with others, how our behaviors influence others, how our words matter, then we'll never have the ability to create the connections and the trust amongst the team, which is of utmost importance. So if we're self-aware, generally speaking, we'll be more conscious in how we behave and how we react to certain situations. That consciousness and being deliberate in our actions will lead to consistency. And why is consistency important? Because it's a measure of safety for our team. If they know how we are going to act or react in any given situation, that removes a lot of stress for them, particularly if we don't fly off the handle all the time, for example, so that they know that they can come to us with certain problems and certain issues. So when we talked about the role of a leader prior, making sure information is flowing up, down, all around, well, if as a leader I blow up anytime somebody comes to me with bad news because I'm not self-aware enough and I'm not self-regulating, another concept, then nobody's going to come up to me and, and talk to me. So if we're predictable and consistent, that creates safety amongst the team. An anecdote I'd like to share with you is a very good colleague of mine. He was looking after a large facility and he looked after, he was in charge of a couple hundred kind of type A personalities. And for a couple of years, he would walk into the office 
and his second in command, his uh, you know VP, if you will, would just say to the the guys around in the team, green light or red light. Now, my colleague really didn't think anything of it, but this was consistent enough that he eventually called the VP in and said, "Hey, man, like, what's uh, what's with this green light, red light stuff?" And at first, his uh, his his worker was kind of like, "Oh, hey, boss, don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. It's just something that we've come up with, you know, internally. You don't have to worry about it." So my colleague says, "No, no, you know, I'm actually kind of interested about that." Well, as it turns out, the green light and the red light represented my colleague's mood on any given day. So if it was a red light day, then that would mean don't go near him. Just do the bare necessities, stay the heck out of his way, try not to present any bad news, good news only. So as a result, during those red light days, he wouldn't have a lot of interactions. Now, if it's a green light day, as evaluated by his by his VP, because typically they would have a conversation first thing in the morning. The VP or his two in charge, second in charge, would, if he said the red light, then the team, or sorry, green light, then the team would be okay. They would be able to approach my colleague, my buddy, with uh, issues and concerns and comments and, and those sorts of things, and they wouldn't have to be scared of them. So it was a really, really important point because my buddy did not come into the office intentionally wanting to create tension and stress and make sure no, nobody talked to him. So it was a fantastic moment of feedback for sure, but my colleague also recognizes it at that time as a lack of self-awareness and the impact that that had on the rest of the team. It was either a green light day or a red light day. So really, really important in terms of recognizing how uh, we're behaving and acting and that's through self-awareness. So now the question is, why aren't we? Well, many reasons, but one of which is we tend to go through our leadership journey and even our lives to a certain extent on autopilot, where really the subconscious is driving most of our behaviors, where we're actually not being deliberate, we're not being conscious of how we're acting, and equally importantly, reacting to others. So that's really, really uh, uh, an important point to make. Because that is where we run into conditioned responses. If somebody comes up to us with something, you know, we automatically dismiss it or we automatically take it in, whatever that looks like. So it's really important that to recognize that we're so often on autopilot, which is why self-awareness is, uh, is hard, to, hard to do. Another reason, as leaders, we tend to be looking outwards at the environment. We're looking at the team members. What are they up to? Let's look at the numbers. Let's look at the tangibles. Let's look at the things like you know equipment, resource, all of those things. We're looking outwards, but we need to make sure that we're looking inwards. But we're so focused elsewhere that we forget that point. So we need to make sure that we, we take some time and, and look inwards. The other thirds, we talked about often we're on autopilot, we're busy looking outward, and there's a concept that we call confirmation bias. And essentially what that means is once we've made up our mind about something, everything subconsciously just reinforces that, that initial opinion. So we actually just, this is that subconscious, I already think this, and now look at all the evidence that supports that, why I'm right. We call that confirmation bias. So there again is another example of not being deliberate in how we think, how we interact, and how we communicate with others. So 
We've talked about self-awareness so far and it's the ability to know your states, your preferences, your resources, your intuitions, and the impact that those things have on others. That's self-awareness. We've talked about why it matters. We need to provide consistency and predictability to our team because that in turn creates trust and safety for them that they're going to know the boundaries by which to, to interact with you. Now, how can we become more self-aware? Well, a concept called metacognition comes into play here and it's just a fancy way of saying we as human beings have the ability to think about how and what we think. So we're unique in the animal kingdom in that if we reacted poorly, you know, we were angry about something, we'd actually have the ability to step back and say, man, I didn't handle that real well, or geez, I was pissed off, or man, I was super excited about that. So that's metacognition at work, and as hum human beings, we have that ability. So we can leverage that ability and that gift, if you will, to really become more self-aware. So one of the steps we need to do is create that space. If we're down in the weeds, if we're head down, butt up, looking down and trying to figure out the tactics and really down in the nitty gritty details, we don't have any space. And space is where that metacognition can really uh, come, in, come into play there. But it's very difficult if we're really down into the, uh, into the details and micromanaging essentially. So, we need to create some sort of a space. One concept is called white space, for example. So we need a little bit of breathing room. And I know for me personally, I try to spend a lot of time for walks and, and things like that. Again, creating some space so I have the ability to evaluate uh, my attitudes and my values and so on and so forth. Which leads to the next part is that evaluation. We create the space. Now we actually need to be, we need to evaluate and now what are we evaluating? Well, pretty much everything. We're evaluating how we interacted with somebody, uh, conversation so we can replay it in our heads, but not only replaying it, but thinking about what we were thinking during that conversation. Were we being dismissive? Were we being supportive? Was I truly listening? Was I being present? What was my body language during that conversation? What were my words? So we really wanna be uh, be conscious and cognitive of how we are being around other people. So that's the evaluation piece. Once we've evaluated that, we need to decide to be, to improve, essentially. It's, we can have all the self-awareness in the world. It won't matter if we don't leverage that self-awareness and become better as leaders, become better communicators, better decision makers, better team members, all of those things. So we need to first and foremost, create that space. Secondly, evaluate. That's evaluate all the interactions. Third, once we have that, we need to decide to be more deliberate then. And that will again be tying right back into what we evaluated and what we saw and perceived during our evaluation. So now we need to decide to improve. And then once we do that, we go back into the evaluation phase and we reflect and improve once again. So it's really a cycle, but it's a conscious cycle versus the, the subconscious uh, you know, hamster wheel that we tend to get into in life. And as leaders, it's a real watch out for us to get onto that hamster wheel 
because that is not an effective leader. An effective leader is one that's conscious and deliberate in their actions and their words and their body language. And the only way we can get deliberate in that is by stepping back and becoming more self-aware. So hopefully this was helpful for you and stay tuned for more videos.